discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything He is. That is why He told Abraham, He said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave Himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God Himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. You may take your seats in heavenly places where you belong. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. Are you sure? Today we are doing question and answers. Hallelujah. All right. So if you have any question, you have liberty to ask and let's be happy. If there's a question on your heart, just lift up your hand. Okay. Our brother. Thank you, Pastor. Uh, please, um, I've always been wondering, like, you're always, told to be, you're always told to be honest with the Holy Spirit. And to confess the word of God to. So where do you draw the line between confessing the word of God and being honest with the Holy Spirit? That's my question. Where do you draw the line? Being honest with God. And because sometimes you know that if this is what you are telling the Holy Spirit and this is what he will tell you, but you still have to tell him the same. And yes, so you know the answer already. Yeah, you know the answer. Before already. you ask, you know the answer from the scriptures. Yes, Pastor. Okay. So you can confess both at the same time. Well, I'm going through this, but I know this is what your word says. And I am speaking your word. As simple as ABCD. Okay? And uh, the word of God is more important than your feelings and your emotions. Your feelings and your emotions are powerful, but the word of God is bigger and higher and more that is what changes lives or that is what makes impact not your emotions there's a voice of the human body it's called the emotions there's a voice of the human spirit it's called the conscience there's a voice of the soul what's it called? what's the voice of the soul? I've mentioned that the voice of the spirit is what your conscience, isn't it? The voice of your body is your feelings, rather. And the voice of your soul are your emotions. Okay? So, the Bible mentions that our spirit man is the real man. We are spirit beings who have souls and living bodies. So, the real you is the spirit. Do you see? The real you, the one who is looking at me, causing you to blink and move your hands and do all the things that you do, is actually your human spirit. Hallelujah. The soul is possessed by the spirit. The soul is part of the spirit, if you like. The soul and the spirit together are called the inward man. And the body with its five senses are called the outward man in the Bible. Okay, if you read in Second Corinthians chapter f- chapter four, verse thirteen, I believe. Go to Second Corinthians chapter four, verse thirteen. We have in the same spirit of faith as as, as it is written, I, have, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. Verse 16 is what I really want you to see. Verse 16 says, For which cause we think not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. It says, Though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So we have the outward man, and we have the inward man. Okay? And I'm trying to let you know that the inward man is made up of the human spirit, your spirit, and your soul. They make up the inward man. Okay, or it's also called the hidden man of the heart. He's talking about the the inward man, the one who is inside, who is engaged in this body. So you can see the body, and you can 
you can know the five senses, but there's no way you can locate. We don't know where your spirit is in your system. We don't know whether your spirit is here or your spirit is here or your spirit. But we know that we have a, we, have, we are spirit beings. You get it. Hallelujah. Yeah. So the most important person is the inward man who is actually the spirit with his soul. Not your outward man, which is your body with its five senses. So sometimes your body and your five senses are telling you something. But the word of God is addressed to your inward man, not to your outward man. The word of God is addressed to your inward man. Do you get it? The word of God is addressed to your inward man to help him develop and be able to relate. You see, you wouldn't have known how to eat if you didn't grow up seeing others eat. If a child is kept in a dark place for 20 years, he will grow up. But he'll be fed, if he can be fed in a certain way, if he's not allowed to see light, allowed to hear anybody talk, allowed to see anybody walk, that child will grow up deaf, dumb, lame and blind. He will not be able to see. Why? Because his five senses have not been exercised. Your human, your, your senses, the, body's, the sense of the body must be exercised in order for you to be able to focus and refocus and use your hands and use your legs and all those things. Without training and exercise, it's not going to work. You must see it being done before you can do it. You see, so your 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 outward man has been educated. You've educated your outward man all your life, <laughs> all your life, and the education is even based on the environment in which you live. Depending on the environment in which you live, the education can vary. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. So you can educate your inward man to know how to respond to God and respond to His word. You see, you can be made to be spiritual. You know, you can be thought to be spiritual. You can be thought how to respond to things. For instance, someone who is not spiritually trained will not find anything uh, real in lifting up your hands when you are praying or worshipping. I mean, when, why is people lifting their hands? He doesn't think that there's something, it does something. But if you are spiritually trained, you would know that Lifting up your hands has a lot to do with your spirituality and what you're doing. He says, let the lifting up of my hands be as the evening sacrifice. He says, I will that all men pray everywhere, lifting holy hands. As you lift up your hands, you are acknowledging God and you are actually giving a sacrifice and a service to God. That's what you're doing. Hallelujah. <laughs> so, if, I, if you have thought like that, it means that you have, you've been spiritually schooled with respect to what lifting up of hands mean. So when you lift up your hands, you have more meaning to it. You understand? It is not a ritual. So you are, you are being educated to know how to relate with God. You, can, you, can, you are actually supposed to be trained to hear from God. If you are not trained, you will not be able to hear from God. God will always be talking, but you will not hear. Sometimes some people say, I've been praying, I've prayed all my life, I've never heard God talk to me. It's because you've not been trained to know how, to, how God talks and how to hear from God and how to respond to God. You must be taught, just like Samuel was taught in 1 Samuel chapter 3. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 3, you see it over there. So a spiritually trained man would, would know how to relate with God. Okay? In, 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 in his details, like... Yes, you must be honest with God. But you must know that honesty with God actually has to do with you acknowledging His Word. Because His Word is the real thing. So no matter what you are going through, it's called faith, not looking at what you are going through. Isn't it? But without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, it's for we walk by faith and not by what? Not by sight. The word sight is by our sensory perceptions. So not by what we are feeling or thinking. <laughs> Oh, went to, you weren't allowed to see anything bad. No matter what's going on. The whole place is a 5,000 acre land. It's a city with more than 400,000 people there. Nobody is allowed to speak anything bad. No matter what's going on. 
people were sleeping outside, but they said we shouldn't say we are sleeping outside. <laughs> now we should say it's, it is well. God bless you. Whilst you are sleeping outside. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we walk by faith and what? And not by sight. Now, if you read first so much of the theory, you will see the boy Samuel. The Bible says that he had not known the Lord and he had never heard the, the, voice, the voice of the Lord. Go to verse, verse 4. Okay, okay. Let's read from verse 1. I mean, it will make more sense from verse 1. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli. So he was ministering to the Lord, but he didn't know the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was precious in, in those days. There was no vision, no open vision. And it came to pass at that time, when Eli was laid down in his place, and his eyes began to ask him that he could not see. And ere the Lamb of God went out in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and someone was laid down to sleep, that the Lord called someone, and, and he answered, Here am I. The Lord called Samuel, he answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli. Someone woke up and ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And someone rose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son. Lie down again. So he's, he's going back to Eli. God is calling him. But God is calling him with Eli's voice. He hears Eli's voice. So he goes to Eli and goes and says, You surely you called me. Eli says, No, I didn't call you. Go and lie down. He went three times. Three times. And God was calling because God will talk to you with the voice that you know. God would want you to depend on the voice that you know. Sometimes some people say that, Oh, Pastor, I've been hearing your voice. It's not, I'm sleeping in my house somewhere. So it's God talking to you. Someone, sometimes someone say, God, uh, Pastor, you came into my dream and you showed me what to do. It's not me. I'm, I'm sleeping in my house somewhere. Hallelujah. But the Lord uses the voice that you are used to and know. The physical voice that you know to educate you and help you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 6. And the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. Samuel was not, he was not dumb. He knew exactly what was going on. And he answered, I called on my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet. Look at Read verse 7. Verse 7 is so important. Read verse 7. One to go. Samuel did not yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. You see. So even though verse 1 says Samuel was ministering to the Lord before he was doing it before Eli, he had not yet heard God's voice for himself. He had not yet been educated to be able to respond to God. And God depended on a human person to help him educate the one he wanted to communicate to. He had not yet known the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. Look at verse 8. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time, and he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I. But thou didst call me. And Eli perceived, the guy who was spiritually trained, perceived that the Lord had called a child. So he told him, he showed him what to do. Look at what he did. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he called thee, that thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. Yeah, speak, Lord, for thy... But, <laughs> you see, God would have called him the fourth time. If he had not heard, God wouldn't have minded him again. Yeah, that small education was what Samuel required. And God was not going to teach Samuel on his own. God was relying on Eli to teach Samuel how to hear, how to respond to God. And how to relate with God. This was the beginning of Samuel's prophetic ministry. And it took a human person to educate him. To let him know what to do. How to respond to God. That is what we call. That's what we mean when we say spirituality. Like be, becoming spiritual. You have thought how to respond to God. You need to be thought. If you have not thought, you will not know. You make many mistakes and you end up terminating your life. For instance, there was a day when Israel, um, David wanted to bring the Ark of Covenant from where it was to to Jerusalem, where it was supposed to be. David had not yet been schooled along that line. So what he did was that, because he thought he was doing something wonderful for the Lord, he got the best of horses, the best of carts, you know, a golden cart that to pull the Ark of Covenant. And he put the Ark of Covenant on the cart. And the priests were shouting, and he was also shouting in front of the, the cart. Two guys were by the Ark. One was called uh, Uzzah, and as they were going, as the cart was going, the Bible says that they got to a place where 
the, 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 the tires that were the cart was running on just shifted a little. You see, an ark of covenant was going to fall. And Uzzah touched, the Bible says he stretched forth his hands to touch the ark of covenant and put it in place. And the, the Bible emphatically says, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against him. Meaning that God was angry from the first, from the time they put the Ark of Covenant on that particular. He was angry, but he had not yet acted. He was just angry. As soon as this guy touched it, he striked him to death. To death. Was he not doing a good thing? He was doing something good, isn't it? But he was stepping on God's toes. And he was terminated. It's not about doing something, it's about doing what God wants. So David, David became afraid of God. He was shocked that God would do something like that. He went to sit down. I was wondering what was going on. When it, where it happened, they left it there. They took it to the next place. If it happened in the next house was Obededom's house. So they took it and put it in Obededom's house. For three months. Now during the three month period, the same uncle governor that had killed somebody was prospering Obededom. Obededom all of a sudden started getting business deals. Money was just coming to him. He was buying lands and doing all kinds of things. And David was looking on and seeing how Bedlam was prospering. And it baffled him even some more. He was wondering what was going on. So he was prompted to go and seek the scriptures. And when he seek the scriptures, he read in Joshua and realized that the Ark of Covenant was not supposed to be carried by any cart. It was supposed to be carried on the shoulders of, of the priests. The, the priests stood in the, in the midst of Jordan with the Ark of Covenant on their shoulders for the Jordan to part. And God had designed in Deuteronomy that the, it says the priests are to carry my presence. They are to carry me. Not horses. Not the nicest of horses. The priests are supposed to. So David educated himself and found out from the scriptures and realized this was, this was what he was supposed to do. The next time he went for it, everything was fine. He danced and danced and danced and became half naked. And his wife was saying that you have made yourself naked before the, 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 the ladies of Israel. The babies in Israel. And David stood and spoke back to his wife. And the Bible says that God acted on David's behalf. He closed the woman's womb. Yeah. Sharp. Hallelujah. The other guy's name is Ahio. Uh, Ahio. Uza and Ahio drove the cat. But Ahio didn't die. Uzzah was the one who died. Yes, so the purpose of the, the house of God is to educate you to know what to do and how to respond to God in every single situation of life. Do you see? Hmm. However, you must be honest to God. There are only two people you can, be, you can be fully honest with and express your frustration if you like. God and your pastor. These two people. Apart from these two people, don't let any other person know what's going on with you. I don't know, I've been trying this, it's not been working. You are wasting your time. Let God know and let your pastor know. The reason why these people are the people you must let know what's going on with you is because they are the only ones who give you the word of God and show you the solution through God's word. So if, if you are honest with God, God replies you with his word. Like I say, you know what he's going to tell you. But Just say it. And he will comfort you. And show you what you're supposed to do. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So, it's in line. Actually, you're not supposed to say anything contrary to God's word. You can only be vulnerable before God and before your pastor. Finish. The rest, speak the word of God consistently and constantly. You are being honest because you want God to really see what's going on with you and show you what to do. You are being honest before your pastor because you really want him to know what's going on with you so that he can, he can help you with God's word. Don't expect any other thing from your pastor. What kind of expectation do you have from your, from your pastor? You want him to wrap his hand around you, kiss your cheeks and say, <laughs> it will be fine, okay? Oh, yes, everything will be fine, but we will give you the word of God. That is our purpose in your life. If a pastor is doing something else in your life, I don't know why he's in your life. That's why we are in it. We are there to help you with the word of God. Don't expect any other thing. Don't expect me to wake you up in the morning. Good morning, how are you? Did you sleep well? Why am I your boyfriend? I'm not your boyfriend. Why, do, why are you expecting me to do that? That is a few <laughs> It's okay. You know, you don't, you don't expect those things from, from us. Hallelujah. Expect God's word. Expect to be consoled with God's word. 
or to be directed with God's word. Don't expect. I don't, what else are you expecting from your pastor? What else did you see Paul, Paul do with Timothy? What was Paul doing with Timothy? What was Jesus doing with Mary, Mary Madeline, Martha, Joanna, and all those people? What was what was he doing with them? He gave them the word. When Martha was was encumbered with all kinds of serving and all that, like social matter, he said, "Sister." One thing is needful, and your sister has chosen it. The word of God is the most needful thing, and your sister has chosen it. He was given the word of God, and he expected everybody to sit down and hear. Why do you have any other, why do you have other expectations? I want to visit you at 11 p.m. And come and do what? <laughs> Hallelujah. Expect the word of God from your pastor. That's it. Tell me, but that's it. So don't don't be confused. Actually, as you confess the word of God, you are if you are really confessing the word of God, and you are not doing something religious and something greater is it that is in me than it that is in the world. <laughs> I've got the life of God working in me. I can do all things, all things through Christ who strengthens me. Those same words you are saying like that are the power of God for stirring your spirit up and making you do well. But because you are, you are confessing it like someone is pressing your neck, it will never produce results. It will never produce results. What do the word of what does? You say the word of God does not change. If you realize the Bible. That's not it's revelation. Genesis to revelation, isn't it? God's revelation is finished. God doesn't do updates. <laughs> no updates. Every year, this is the same thing for all these years. It's finished. But what happens is that you grow, you change, and as you you grow and you change, the word of God means more to you. You get it. The word of God begins to mean more to you. That is growth. Growth means that the word of God means more. It means more to you. It's not just a book that we are reading or it's not just some statements you are making. No, it's real. And it means a lot to you. As you confess it. You see, the word of God is the anointing of God. The anointing is found in in the word of God. The spirit is found in the word. And the word is found in the spirit. Okay? The way to trigger the power of God is through God's word. Hallelujah. Let me show you a scripture. Look at, go to Luke. Okay, so Luke chapter 5, verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching. As he was what? As he was what? He's talking about Jesus. As he was teaching, as Jesus was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. How was the power of the Lord present? Because he was teaching. The word of God is what (laughs) stirs up the power of God. Without the word of God, you cannot believe. And without believing, you cannot experience the power of God. You get it? So as the word of God is being spoken, the power of God is present. The word is is in the spirit, the spirit is in the word. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 63, It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profited nothing at all. The words that I speak unto you, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. The word of God that I speak unto you, the words that I speak unto you are spirit and they are life. You see? So, as the word of, so the word of God is the power of God. You get it? The word of God is the power of God. Look at Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Jesus went to his own hometown. Okay? He went to his own hometown. He lays hands on someone and says, Be healed. Receive your sight. And nothing happens. And he went out from thence and came into his own country. And his disciples followed him. Verse 2. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence has this man these things? And what wisdom is this that which is given unto him? If, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands. They, were, they had heard about some of the things that Jesus had done. Continue. Verse 3. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, 
the brother of Jesus. This was their response to the word of God. Nobody, this guy will know for the area inside. I, I remember putting pompous on him before, some time ago. I remember very well. Ah, he used to poo poo It was a boy who used, was a poo poo boy a lot. Is it not the carpenter? It's not this a carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, and Joseph, and of Judah, and, of, and Simon, and not his sisters here with us. And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. Verse 5. And he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Verse 6. And he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went round about the villages. Doing what? The cure to unbelief, which stifles the power of God, is teaching. As we teach you the word of God, the power of God is present to heal. Hallelujah. So the means of stirring the anointing of God's spirit, which is already resident in you, is the word of God. So immediately you start confessing the word of God with a certain kind of seriousness. Not in a passive way. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No, you must mean what you are talking about. The greater one lives on the inside. I do not fail. I do not fail. The success of God is tabernacled in my spirit. The Holy Ghost is living inside me. I'm the temple of the living God. My mind is anointed. My eyes are anointed. My hands are anointed. The glory of God is resident in my spirit. As I stretch forth my hands, the hand of God has been stretched forth. Through me, the world receives salvation. Through me, the world receives solutions to its problems. You see, as I'm doing that right now, I can feel the anointing of God rising in me. Literally. Literally. Pastor Gideon, stand here. Literally, I can feel the power. It's, it just, it just rises. Before, I, I thought normal, but come. If you like, you can, you can come and feel some. You think you are faking it? Who is the first timer here? Come. If you're a first timer, come. Maybe you think that though because they know me, that's why they are falling. The first time I come. Thank you, Lord. It's not me. It's not. It's a, it's a staring. <laughs> it's the anointing, and it is sparked. It is sparked by confession. Okay. It is sparked by confession. If, so it's not, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I can literally feel there. I can feel it's here. Around my back. I can just, like current. It's just going to. So if you do that in the morning, you're coming out. All the devils that, they know, they know you. And they said, Jesus I know and Paul I know. So they know. They know who's coming. They know that this guy knows what's going on. He knows what's happening. He's, as you are passing by, everybody stays in their corner. They wait for you to pass by. They are, they are in traffic and they stay in their traffic. And then they allow you to just come and pass by. Yeah. So it's the means of stirring up the power of God. The anointing of God's spirit. Residence in your spirit. Okay? Yeah. One of the things I like meditating on, and I'm meditating on a lot these days, is the power of God that is resident in me. Paul, Paul prays that you might come to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power that is at work within you. There's a power that is at work within you. There's a, there's a dynamic power. <laughs> Say power. power. There's a power inside. <laughs> it's serious. It's serious what that power can do. Around. He says, I pray that you may know what is the exceeding... He's talking about you knowing it. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to ask what who believe or towards us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. This power is the same power that God exerted to cause Jesus to come out. As your father brought someone from the grave before. Now, this one is not bringing from the grave and dying after some time. When Jesus was alive, he prayed for some people to come back to life. They all died after some time. Peter prayed for someone to come back to life. They died after some time. You get it? But this one, he's talking about the resurrection power that sustains life throughout. He says, that power is resident inside you. He says, I want you to come to know it. Come to the reality of the knowledge of that power that is at work within you. 
that demon crashing, devil crashing solution, eh, solution oriented power, sea parting power, fire quenching power. Hey, it's not a small thing. That's what he's talking. He says that power is resident inside you. If you get to know that power, what is job? Job problem. They have kidnapped you. Okay. How can you kidnap fire and be fine? You, you, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. He says there's power inside. There's power. Real power. Real power. Jesus has so much power, he could, he could give power to people. Jesus called, the power in him was so much that he could give the power to his people. Okay, come, you come, you come, you come. He gave, okay, let me, let me, let me show you a demonstration. I just prayed for you, isn't it? Okay, you come. Now, pray for him. Just blow, blow, just, oh God, blow, blow on him. Just blow on him. Blow, just, anybody you can come, he will blow on you. Just. You see, are you feeling anything? You are feeling heat. There's power, it's, 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 Luke chapter 9. Look at Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Then he called, this is Jesus, so he called his 12 disciples together and he gave them power. You understand that? He gave them power. Okay, you, that's what you come. Okay, you receive power. Receive power. Receive power. Through his word, receive power. You to receive power. You to receive power. Go and go and preach. And he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Go and go and cure diseases. Go to the next verse. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Continue. And he said unto them, Take nothing for yourselves. Go down. Go, go to chapter 10. Chapter 10, he did the same. He called 70 of his disciples and he gave them power as well. And the Bible says that they came back rejoicing. Look, look at Luke 10, 17, 18, 19. You see it. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. He gave them power. And they came back and said, The devils are subject to, your, to us through your name. Look at the next verse. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. I have so much power. I saw, I saw the guy falling. Go to the next verse. Lord, I give unto you power. To tread on serpents, that's serpents and scorpions are representatives of, the, of, of devils, uh, serpents and scorpions, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. He says, I'm giving you power to trample over serpents and scorpions and all that. Now, the disciples were not born again, they didn't know what was going on. I follow me, they didn't know what was going on. Fast forward, you will see. Jesus went up into the Mount of Transfiguration and was transfigured. I don't know if you are following what I'm saying. He was transfigured before three of his disciples, James, John, and uh, Peter. And when he was transfigured before them, as he was coming down the mountain, the Bible says that he was met by a man who had brought his son, who had a problem. discussing the fire and all that. Now, the man said, Master, help me. I brought my son to your disciples. And they could not cast the devil out. This is after he had given them power to go out and go and produce a certain kind of results. They came back after some days and some weeks. And the power was not there any longer. Look now what? That's seven. Now, it's the same same place. You remember, I read the first one I read to was in Luke chapter 9 verse 1, isn't it? He called the top disciples and prayed for them. And they went and they cast out devils and they came back with results. That one is different from the one in Luke 10. Okay? Show me where they got the results. After the first one, where did they come back rejoicing as well? Jesus said, Search the scriptures, find them. You know about me. You must be a Christian who likes searching the scriptures. I pray for grace for you to search the scriptures in Jesus' name. May you be addicted to the Bible. If you've not read it, may you fall sick in Jesus' name. That's what happens to me. So I'm praying for what happens to me to you. Yeah, if I watch Facebook too much, I feel sick. If I watch Facebook for 30 minutes, I become sick. If I read the Bible for 30 minutes, I become very, very fine. Hallelujah. May it be like that for you. Amen. Have you found it? Verse 10. 
Uh-huh. When they return, okay. So, let, let me, let, I want to read everything properly for you. Okay, so let's go to Luke 9.1. Eh? Go to Luke 9.1. Then he called his twelve disciples and gave them. This is the twelve disciples, different from the seventy. The seventy are in Luke chapter ten. Okay. Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases, isn't it? And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Verse ten. And the apostles, when they were returned, told him all that they had done. They told him all the results that they had had. And he took them and went aside privately to a desert place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. He took the, he ordered them to pray some more. So three of the disciples went to Jesus to go and pray in the mountain. Now, when they were coming back, go to text seven. So Jesus has been transfigured before three of them, Peter, James, and John. I didn't read it, but I'm giving you the background. And then it came to pass that on the next day, when they were come down from the hill, much people met him. Continue, verse 28. And behold, the man of the company cried out, saying, Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son, for he is my only child. And lo, a spirit taketh him, and he suddenly cried out, and it teareth him that he foameth again, and bruising him, hardly departed from him. Oh! The spirit was destroying the boy's life. Young guy. Continue. What's the next verse? And I besought thy disciples to cast him out. And they could not. Did you hear that? He says he brought the boy to his disciples and they could not cast him out. Ah, but just some few verses before, he had given them power. They had gone and brought results. Isn't it? But they had lost the power. It wasn't working anymore. Because the power Jesus gave to them was temporal. The power Jesus gave to them was for a particular season. He gave them power for a particular season. Because the power is not a power that can be given for a long time. I can't give you the power. I may have worked the power to a certain point. I can give you that the power that I have on that level. But to work for two weeks or one week. For some it's even one day. Some it's even one hour. Because your system cannot sustain it. Just like the handkerchiefs and aprons in Paul's day. The Bible says that handkerchiefs and aprons left Paul's body. And when they touched people who were possessed with, possessed with devils, the spirits left them. The handkerchief ha- ha- have intelligence. The handkerchiefs did not have any intelligence to know what was going on. These were just handkerchiefs. So the disciples were functioning as handkerchiefs in this case. Yeah. They didn't know the source of the power. They didn't know where it was, how it would be sustained. They didn't know anything. But it was on them. And Jesus sent them, go. This power is on you, go. And when they went, they got the results and they came back to come and report. But after some time, it wasn't there anymore. Because we weren't designed to sustain that power. But in the New Testament, in our day, that power that was in Jesus, that he was able to dash some to some people for two weeks, is the same power that is inside you, permanent. Like, that power is inside you, permanent. Acts 1.8, but you shall receive power. The day that the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall receive power. And you shall be witnesses unto me. You shall be proof producers. Hallelujah. Confession, it's not an ordinary thing. These are not ordinary things. There was a day about two years ago. I was sitting down, praying, spraying someone. And God spoke to me. God said, Do you know that you talk about my most sanctified work when you talk about righteousness, redemption? The word, the things that I did in Christ is my most sanctified work. My most holy work. He said, but you see, these days some people take it for granted. They don't take it as a big deal. As they are saying righteousness, I had righteousness, I are tired. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. As they are eating their mango, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God, I have for it's like it's cheap. God said, this is my most sanctified and my most holy. These are things I purchased with my blood. But just like Jesus experienced with his own hometown people, he said, is this not a carpenter? They were treating him ordinary. It's the same guy, power guy, like he's moving around in chorusing and doing wild things. Like, the guy come, has your father transferred me for? 
my father didn't do something before he parked. As your father does something, the guy can count the seas. Like, the seas is below you. Then he stands up and says, Peace be still. And the waters and the wind cease instantly. Hey. He comes to his hometown and they treat him like nothing. So nothing happens. Bible says the minor ailments, headaches and flu. No one did it. Be healed and it will go. But blind eyes opening and those things never happen around them. Never. Because it was, it was normal in their sight. So long as you take these very important things as normal, you will not have any benefit. It will be an ordinary thing before you. But it is God's most sanctified and holiest act. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19, read from verse 17, it says that, For if any man be in Christ, is a new creation, old things are passed away, behold, all things have become new, and all these new things are of God, who has what? Reconciled us unto himself through his son, Jesus Christ. Then it says, For God was in Christ. This is God's work. It says, For God was in Christ. Reconciling hmm? the world unto himself. God was in Christ. Re- so as Christ was working, it was God walking, working in him, causing him to do the things that he did and produce the results that he produced. And do the, I mean, the dying and all those things. It was God, though. It's not just anybody. Who, Jesus is God walking on the earth. Hey! And what we are talking, what we talk about these days is what he did with his blood. This is what he gained by virtue of shedding his blood. Yet we treat it like it's nothing. So when you confess that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, you have no idea of what you're saying. You have no idea of what you're saying. When you see the glory of God is resident in my spirit, you have no idea of what you're saying. You see the power of God. These are things that God has done by his own blood to make possible for you and I. They don't take it ordinary. Don't take it as an ordinary thing. Okay? It's the wonders of the power and the working of God that has brought these things to us. You must take them very seriously. If you take them seriously, you produce results. The difference between Elijah and you is consciousness. The difference between Paul and you is consciousness. You understand when I say consciousness? How serious you consider what God has done. I said the word of God does not change you. You remember? The word of God does not what? It does not change. It's the same thing. It will never change. Never. It's always the same. But you have to change. As you change, you see it differently. You see it differently. You see the, the power that it carries. Yeah. Hallelujah. My, my hands are there. I'll stretch arms of God. Yeah. For I will live in them. And I'll dwell in them. And I'll walk in them. Second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14. Look at 2 Corinthians 6 14. Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? He calls me righteousness. He calls them unrighteousness. And what communion has light with darkness? He calls you light. He calls them darkness. How can I be the light of the world and be living in darkness? How can I be the light of the world and be... be? I'm the light of the world. I'm a child of the light. Second Thessalonians says, For we are children of the light. So if I'm walking in darkness, if I'm driving at 2 a.m., I'm not afraid. If I'm driving at 2 a.m., I'm not afraid. Yeah. I'm not a, because I take it seriously. I'm the light of the world. It's not a, it's not something just on my like I'm the light of the world. I'm the light. I don't know. I'm the light of the world. No, I'm really the light of the world. Jesus spoke to me and said this scripture to me. John chapter nine, verse one, two, three, four, five, six. Go to John chapter nine, verse one, two, three, four, five, six. This this is a personal message to me. Hallelujah. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind by, from his birth. The guy was blind from birth. And the disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? So the disciples had enough sense not to even attribute it to God. They never mentioned God. He said, who did sin? Is it the man or his parents, 
that he was born blind. And Jesus said that, brother, neither has this man sinned nor his parents. It is not his mother's fault or his father's fault. It's not his fault. Stop the blame game. It's not a matter of who has done what. It's a matter of who has done what. Hallelujah. You know, the last time I spoke to you, I was talking about the Samaritan, who is my neighbor. Isn't it? The good Samaritan. The question is not with what happened to the guy. But what are you going to do now that you have met the case? Now that you have met the thing, what is your reaction? Is it, are you going to play it in your mind that these people, these bad boys, someone has come to you with HIV? It's obvious that there are so many things that could have happened. Maybe he got it in the barber shop. He has sex with certain ladies and got it. Whatever it is, makes no difference. Now the problem has come. What are we going to do about the problem? That's what Jesus is talking about here. He says, it is not, neither has this man sin nor his parents. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. You see, this full stop here is not supposed, it's not a full stop, it's a comma. Go, go back. But that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Come. If it's full stop, it means that God did that so that he will show his glory in his life. But that's what God, how can God, God does not put people in bondage. Read all the scriptures, you will see that is, that's not what God does. Jesus and Jesus is God, isn't it? There was a day Jesus was walking in the streets and he saw a leper. A leper came to him and asked him, I think it's in Mark chapter 1. He says, Lord, if thou be willing, thou can make me whole. And Jesus said that I, be, I am willing. He touched him and made him whole. So, God is always willing. You understand that? God is always willing. And then that man asked that question because he was a leper. He was not always, he was not with people. He didn't know what was going on. He didn't know that Jesus was willing. That was why he asked that question. But none of the people who got healed through Jesus' ministry asked him whether he was willing. Because they knew he was always willing. He always asked them, if you have faith, it can, it can work for you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Mark 1.40 And they came a leper to him, beseeching him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou will, thou canst make me heal. You can make me clean. And Jesus said, I will. Look at verse 41. And Jesus moved with what? Compassion. Put forth his hand. If you touch a leper, you become a leper. You become a leper. A leper. You know that. If you touch a leper, you become a leper. But Jesus touched him. Put forth his hand and touched him. And said unto my will, be thou clean. And the girl was made clean. Okay, the next verse. Verse 42. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he was cleansed. So much power. So God spoke to me. He said, don't consider. If you look at them, with what they have done. They are people. They do wrong. <laughs> yeah, what? There are people. They do wrong. You are, you are my servants. Yours is to love. Irrespective of where they have come from, of what has happened to them. Stretch forth that hand of yours and declare my healing for them. Go back to John chapter 9. So that's not what Jesus is, that's not what Jesus is talking about. That it's like the guy has been made blind so that he will receive glory. No. It's a comma. There's a comma that's supposed to be there. The punctuations were done by someone later, later. Some of the punctuations are not right. So they read differently. You get it? So it's supposed to be like this. Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him, comma. I must work the works of him. For the works for the glory of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Have you seen it? As long as I am this world, I am the light of the world. As long as you are in this world, you are the light of the world. As long that's what Jesus said. As long as I am here, I'm the I'm the power of God in this place. And through me, they must become fire. I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day. There's a night coming when no man can work. It's a day coming when you can't do what you're supposed to do for God. You can't do anything for God anymore after some time. But now is the time for you to work and do something for God. What did Jesus do? He spat on the ground and made clay and put it in the guy's eyes because the guy did not have any eyeballs. Because he's the creator, he created eyeballs and put them there and told the guy, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. The guy went to wash his face and came back seeing. Hallelujah. God told me, this is what you are. This is why you are here. You are my power resident in this place. Let the people become fine. Don't deny them. Isn't that amazing? I won't deny you. Hallelujah. Yeah. I speak for you. 
Whatever is your challenge. Dissolves right now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Have you been blessed? I've said so many things, isn't it? Yeah, the power of God. So much power. And that power is resident inside. And it is found in his word. His word is the container of his power. Of his spirit. The power of God is the spirit of God. The spirit of God is the power of God. Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus Christ. How God anointed Jesus Christ with God. With the Holy Ghost. And with... Are they they two different things? Are they two different things? Do you think they are two different things? It says, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit, with the Holy Ghost, and with power. Are they two different things? Is the Holy Ghost different from the power? Look at, go to Luke, maybe you think it's the same. Go to Luke chapter 1. I'm seeing, the way you are looking at me, it's like, Pastor, what are you, I may be one. Maybe one with a C for that. Alright, go to Luke chapter 1. Verse 35. Luke 1, 35. This is Mary. Let's read from verse 34, so that it's Mary they are talking about. From verse 34, Luke 1, 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be seen? I, I, know, no, I know not a man. Yet Jesus is going to, Mary is going to be impregnated by the Holy Spirit, or by God, to conceive Jesus, for Jesus to come. The angel is explaining how it's going to, it's going to come to pass. Mary says, how, how, I don't, I've never met any man in my life. How am I going to get pregnant? As far as I'm concerned, I'm supposed to have sexual relations with someone and then I, I come so what are you talking about and the angel answered and said unto her the Holy Ghost shall what and the power of the highest shall what are they two different things is the power different from the Holy Ghost it's not it's the same person the power is the same as the Holy Ghost <laughs> no who is doing the impregnation he says that the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Ah, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. It's not the same as the power of the highest come upon thee and overshadow thee. A different, have a difference. What's the difference inside? What I'm trying to let you know that the power of God is not different from the Holy Spirit. Which power is personality and work? But where does the work come from? Are you separate from your work? If you see your work, is that not you? You get it. So the power. Is the same as the person. It's an expression of the of the person inside. So we can't say power without the person, and we can't say person without the power. For the power is the person, and the person is the power. But shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. What is he talking about? When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, power is what will come. The coming of the Spirit is the coming of power. Hello, you know the Bible. You don't understand what I'm saying. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is difficult to understand. So, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. The Holy Ghost is the power. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Then you have all the power. You have all the power of God. You will not have the power in bits. Half. All the power is inside. Ask me, but you have the Holy Spirit. So cure yourself of thinking that the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit is not speaking in tongues. You understand? The Holy Spirit is not receiving the Holy Ghost and knowing Him are two different things altogether. They are not the same. And good thing I'm speaking the more lava shali sete me no no bali he bali he bali he bali rasuke satini palkoshi palkoshi rakasusu stevi manuzi kalvaya shalkebio fapskis tistuma lakio patkishi stistino. That is powerful. But there's a person behind what you are saying. He grants you utterance. But he's a person. The more you know him, the more his power is made available in your life. You understand what I'm saying? Since he went about doing good. The power is there for you to do good. To be a proof producer. At your workplace. How's your life and your results showing that Jesus is really in you? You see, yeah. that's a confession that you are doing. Take it too seriously. Take it very, very seriously. Hmm? Sometimes you go to the market. Oh, of course, I can pray on a handkerchief for you. You know that. 
You know, I can pray on a handkerchief for you and it will work. You know that. There are scriptures in the Bible. The power of God in Jesus was so much that it seeped into his clothing. It was in his clothing. So there was a woman who had need of healing. She was bleeding 12 long years. It's not a small thing. If the ladies are bleeding for five days, it's uncomfortable for them. The amount of money you spend on pad. So just imagine bleeding for 12 long years. Do you know how much pad the woman will buy? Hey! She will buy the whole factory. It's not a small thing. She was in real big. The Bible says that she had gone to many physicians and she was not fine. They were just shopping her money. Many, 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 many things. But see, she came into the crowd. Came. And as she was coming, she was saying within herself, if I could but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made every with whole. Sneaked into the crowd and touched Jesus' garment, the hem of his garment. She became healed. The Bible said the fountain of the blood dried up instantly. Instantly. And Jesus stopped and said, Someone has touched me. Peter said, Bros. Bros. Sometimes you say some things I don't understand. Everybody's pressing you. What are, what are you talking about? He said, No, someone, someone has touched me. Someone has touched me. Because virtue, I. This, this, was, this is what Jesus said. He says, Virtue has left me. Power has left Power and what's it? <laughs> the power I came with has reduced. Something, someone has taken some of the power away. And the woman, realizing that she cannot be hid, came out and came to confess that she, she touched the hem of his garment and she became well. Now, it became a ministry in Jesus' life. It was something he was doing consistently. But he got to a certain place in the land of the Gadarenes. When he got there, the officers they requested that they would touch his clothing. So he removed his clothes and gave it to them. And the officers, everyone who touched was made every which whole. Why? Is the clothing that the, ah, his clothing is the same clothing some soldiers sat down and talked. They threw chacha, they did lots and cast it, they cast whatever and tore it into pieces. But someone touched with faith and God's power. The clothing had power, plenty power. The Bible says, eh? Paul had handkerchiefs and aprons. Paul is working in the kitchen. And they come and tell him, someone in Cyprus is having a demonic attack. About 17 of them. They remove the apron and give it to them. Okay, when you go, go and put it on them. And when they go and they put it on them, the demons cry out and run away. Hey! power! Peter, the power in Peter's life was so wild that it's reflected in the shadow. In his shadow, the guy had worked the power. Shadow book has power. Hey, yeah, so I can pray over, but it will not be there forever. You cannot be worshipping the handkerchief. Whenever you need a problem, take the handkerchief. Mana a fal kushedi. No, 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 it doesn't work like that. The power will stay for some time, a week or two, after that it's gone. Because the, the handkerchief has stopped being it's not a good, it's not a correct conductor. Of the, of the power of God. You are the, actually the correct conductor. You are. You are the container and the conductor of the power. You get it? You are the container and the... So if I, if I pray for you, sometimes I pray for you and say, receive an impartation of the Spirit and the power of God. It can, we, we can impart you for you to see the effects of what we have worked to. Understand what I'm saying? I can pray. Kula shal I can work the power of God to a certain level in my life, and it can do some things. It can do more, but this is the, this is the level I've worked up to. I can pray for you to experience the level I'm on with the Holy Spirit in your life, but you experience it for just a few days. After some few days, the effect will go. It will wane off. What you are really supposed to do is to work. To the portion, the place where I gave you. So Jesus gave them power from the level he was on, but they didn't have the power resident in them. That's why I worked for some time. Yeah. And after some time, they could not do anything. The boy came, it was even less than some of the things he experienced before. They prayed for him, and they, the Bible says they tried, but they could not. They laid hands, some laid legs, did all kinds of things. But the boy was still not healed. And Jesus came, when Jesus came, and he was told about the fact that the disciples could not do anything. He said, how long shall I be with you? 
How long shall I suffer you? Haven't you realized that me, when I come, I go and go and work myself up and come. I go and work the power. Read Jesus. You will see. Early before the day, Mona Havali, he, he was alone somewhere praying. Eh? After every major miracle in Jesus' life, the next phrase you see, and he went apart alone to pray. To stir himself up to raise the power to another level and come back for more results. So if you don't pray to stir up the power of God in you, it will not show. And one of the prayers you pray, major prayer, is your confession. The anointing is inside the word of God. As you speak the word, the anointing begins to rise in you. It's an amazing thing. Hmm? As you speak in tongues, the, the power of God in you begins to also rise. They stir up the gifts and the callings of God. Hallelujah. For, it says in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. What does Ephesians 3 20 say? Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can what? Ask or think. According to, according to the power that worketh in us. He's able to do it according to the power that worketh in us. So if I'm getting a certain result, it's because of the level of the power that is at work within me. Do you understand? If you are not getting a certain result, it's because the power is not working in you as it's supposed to. Your power is for charging phone. <laughs> Nokia 3310 to be specific. It can't power air condition. It can't power sound system. It can't power TV. It's for powering phone. When it comes to matters of phone, and I'm not talking about literal phone, they are like little, little things. You prayed for five CDs and it came. But when you try to lift yourself to 100 cities, it's like it's not working. So you see, the five cities came. Hey, hey, this is working. It's working. Father asked for 100. You go for three weeks and the 100 has not showed up. Why? Because it's not a matter of just confession, it's a matter of working the power. When the power is worked to a certain level, then you can speak the word. You'll be surprised to see what will be happening. One man knew the power that Jesus was operating in and the authority he was operating with. There are two things, power and authority. Maybe next time I'll talk about authority. It's power and authority. The man knew about Jesus' power and knew about his authority so much that Jesus was coming to his house to come and lay hands on his son, on his servant. He said, oh, come. I'm a man subject and authority. I know what you have. Just speak the word. Jesus spoke the word where he was. The power was so much that it could move through the air. And go and go and touch somebody. And the person will be healed. Hey, isn't that amazing? Power, 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 power. You would think it's only Jesus. There are other people who have had that. What people? I know a man of God. Pastor Chris to be specific. Someone. Okay, let me talk about where they post on. <laughs> One of where they post people was kidnapped. I think three of them, eh? Three of them. Three workers. Church workers, they were all kidnapped. One pastor and some two other people they were kidnapped. And they, they said, who, who's, who's, who's going to do the negotiations for you? Then they gave them Bishop Oedipus' number. And they called. Hello? He said, yes. Are you Oedipus? He said, yes, I'm Oedipus. We have captured three of your people who want so, 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 so money. He said, eh? Release them now, 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 now. Or else you die under seven hours. He said it at 12. 6.55, they released the people. <laughs> and they didn't, they didn't want any problem. Power! Like, power! You know power. Hey, authority, power, and authority. One guy, one guy was also kidnapped. He, in his case, they were not going to do negotiations. They were going to kill him. And use his body parts for rituals. He had, there were other people there. They had killed them. They had taken their genitals and some their breasts and all that they were using it for rituals and it was a stent for them to kill him so they told him remove your trousers remove everything remove his trousers he said my ass my shirt I'll never remove it he said why he said I'll never remove it because it was their Bishop Oedipus 30th anniversary in ministry shirt so his picture was inside he said I'll not take it out I'll not take my shirt he said okay so when he came to the guy who butchered and the ritualist when the ritualist, he was dealing with somebody, he had just chopped off his head and body parts. Then he turned and saw the guy in the shirt. He said, ah, why? <laughs> <laughs> the 
The man in the shirt is speaking in tongues. Take that boy away. Take him away. <laughs> they just let him go. Why? The power, he's worked the power. Bishop Udum has worked the power. It's inside shirts. Shared that picture. It's inside shirt that. I mean, someone had, someone had, I mean, power, even power. You get the power, like real power. You see that you are, you are joking. You are, you are a joker in the, in the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> one guy had one of their tracks. He to do a kidnapping. I'm Nigeria is, is kidnap zone. Hallelujah. They kidnapped him, taking him away, and then the tracks fell off. <laughs> they are laughing. They know what I'm talking about. You can sit in the trotter and you never come back home again. They just go and kill you. There are too many people. There are close to 200 million people in this, in that in the place. And about 15 million are in Lagos alone. There are too many. I mean, it's like let's kill some and use some. It's not a small thing. They, they, they were going to kidnap. So as he was, they told lie down. As he was lying down, the tracks was in his pocket. He just fell down. And we the people started talking from the tracks. Release that boy now! <laughs> if you see such things, will you will you stop? Will you take that person? Hey, some people you don't touch. Don't touch them. Power, say power. Yeah, power, power. Is it because he's special? It's not because he's special. He's work. He knows what he has. He's worked it. You to work it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They will work it. To the to the glory of the Lord. Yeah. Hey, so confessions. I don't joke with it. On Sunday morning, we are confessing. Father, say, 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 say after me. The power of God is working in me. There is no pocket. The power of God is working in me. <laughs> yeah, your foolishness is small. <laughs> they will kidnap you very easily. You'll be surprised. Power. Hey, it's amazing. Huh? It's amazing. So much power that Paul was bitten by a viper. Just shook him off into the fire. Nothing happened to him. Felt no harm. No harm came to him. Just, just like that. Were they extraordinary men? No. What is what is this? What I say to when I say to all. It's for everybody. Hallelujah. Yeah. God is at work within me. Causing me to wail and to do of his own good pleasure. God is at work within me. The power of God is working in me. The power of the highest is at work within me. That power that caused the Red Sea to part is... God bless you for listening. Keep listening to the word as Christ is made the center of your world. For prayer and counseling, call 024-563-8314 or send an email to info at christworldinc.com. God bless you.